are for yet another episode of the Jeff Becomes Jeff podcast. It is another camp week at the school that I work at, which means 11 plus hour days every day, screaming over the rehearsals during the day from nine to three, and then from three to eight, I've got my normal rehearsals and lessons, a lot of those drum lessons and trying to yell over a lesson in a drum room. It is exhausting on the voice, as I'm sure you've heard me complain about over the last two episodes. I have been struggling. I had to perform a three-hour show last weekend. I have another one here in a couple days. And man, based on the way I'm feeling right now, gonna be a struggle. It's not so much that I've lost my voice as much as it is just completely exhausted and overused, and there's just zero chance of resting it, just like the fact that I have to record this podcast. So right now, I'd rather just be sitting silently, letting it rest, but I'm not gonna rely on the fact that after another 11-hour day tomorrow, that my voice is gonna be in any better shape, and I'd rather rest it tomorrow night, knowing that my show is the day after, then potentially have an exhausted voice tomorrow, do the podcast, and now not give myself enough time to get a little bit of rest. Regarding the camp at school this week, this one, this week is particularly related to Green Day, so it's Green Day songs, and man, I guess I never really realized how much cussing and just foul language there is in Green Day's music. I've never, like, hated Green Day, but I never really considered myself a big fan. I was never a fan of the fact that Billy Joe Armstrong, who I believe is from Boston, sings like he's British, but that's because he's influenced by the old punk movement, especially from... London and Britain, so I think those influences come out in his singing style, but it's always struck me as odd that why does this dude from Boston sound British when the people from Britain sound American? Like, even British singers typically don't sound British. But I had a a girl in the camp and we were doing a little quick vocal lesson on a song that she's going to sing and I didn't realize till we got to this part in the song and she just says fucked up. And I immediately paused the track and I'm like, whoa, 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 whoa. What's the lyric there? And she showed me the lyrics that she had written out. And she's like, I asked my mom and she said it was fine. This girl is 15 years old. I said, let's go ahead and change it to messed up because we still have some kids in the camp that are maybe more like 11, 12 year old. And I don't know when we do the performance for the parents at the end of the week, if we have any staunch churchgoers that might not be a big fan of the fact that someone in the camp has been uttering the words fucked up every time we rehearsed that song, which is a lot. But yeah, there's been a lot of editing going on with the lyrics this week with the Green Day songs. My mouth is dry My face is numb Fucked up and spun out in my room On my own, here we go All right, so something that I hate to even have to discuss or bring up, I hate beating this dead horse, but since recording the last episode, last Friday, July 22nd, Franklin County, the main county in Columbus, Ohio, reinstituted a mask advisory due to COVID concerns. Now, not a mask mandate, just a mask advisory. However, you know, a lot of the things that I've said about vaccines, masks, COVID, many people might think maybe I'm off base or maybe I'm 
just, you know, an idiot. Who doesn't want to believe the science. But if there's any one good thing that's coming out of this recent reinstatement of the mask advisory, it's that I was able to do a little bit of real-time research so that I can kind of show you guys how much a lot of this just has to do with the media and not necessarily with actual numbers. So, first off, the day that the mask advisory was put into effect just happened to be one day after Biden was diagnosed with COVID. <coughs> so, let's look at some numbers in the period of time since Franklin County lifted the old mask advisory, which would have been February 28th of this year, and the reinstatement of the mask advisory on July 22nd. So, let's look at July 21st, the day before the mask advisory was put into effect. At the time, there were 2,710 new cases of COVID with a daily average of 387. That was enough alarm to basically reinstate the mask advisory. So let's go back to June 9th, 2,542 new cases, 363 daily average. Pretty darn close to the numbers that we're seeing now, but nobody put a mask advisory in fact. May 12th, 2022, 2,513 new cases, 359 daily average. Again, Pretty similar numbers, but nobody put a mask advisory in effect. But one day after Biden gets diagnosed, the mask advisory goes back into effect. And one of the cited concerns is a rise in hospital cases. I will tell you that at the time of lifting the mask advisory back in February of 2022, there were 145 hospitalizations in Franklin County. At the time of reinstating the mask mandate, there are slash were 153 last week. It's a difference of eight hospitalizations in the entire city of Columbus, Ohio, a very large metropolitan and suburban area. So if 145 cases was a number that was reasonable to remove a mask advisory, why is a difference of eight people enough reason to reinstate a mask advisory? That makes zero sense. You cannot deny those numbers. So just annoyed at the fact that politics, the media, all this shit continuing to make my life a pain in the ass. I'm not wearing a mask, but still, it annoys me. <coughs> so before getting to today's topic, I was thinking about it, and I always plug my social media sites and my website and all that stuff at the very end of every episode, usually after I've already kind of thanked everyone for tuning in. So I started to wonder, since I never see anyone actually following me based on 82 previous episodes of plugging where you can follow me, I wonder if it's because people have already kind of bailed on the episode, assuming it's over. Hasta la vista. Baby. So moving forward, I may actually plug some of that stuff earlier in the episode, like right now, and this will be kind of a marketing test to see if that actually provides any additional engagement or visibility when it comes to my social media or my website. Also, this allows me to not feel like I'm ending every single episode in an identical fashion. Well, almost identical. If for some reason you are a regular listener and you don't actually stick around for the entirety of the episode, there are special little nuggets, primarily at the end when I do my little I'm Jeff and I'm Jeff and I grab clips from earlier in the episode or sound effects and drop those in. Additionally, if you listen to my original song And I Cried, which ends every episode and make it to the very tail end of the song, there's another little nugget in there, another little sound effect that I pulled from that particular episode and is different every single week. So, all of that being said, feel free to go follow me on Instagram, Twitter, or Facebook at Jeff Becomes Jeff. You can also visit 
visit my website, jeffshafer.com, J-E-F-S-H-A-F-F-E-R.com to find out more about my original music, my Etsy store, etc. So without further ado, and while I still have some remnant of a speaking voice right now, let's go ahead and get to today's topic, grooming and beauty. So this idea kind of got kicked off in my head because recently one of my students at the school, a 12-year-old girl, had asked me, why do you always shave your head? And I said, well, because I'm balding and my hair is really thin on top and it just would look really stupid if I grew my hair out. Some of you might remember, if you're routine listeners, that last fall, like probably around like October of 2021, I just stopped shaving my head and I grew it out and it got a couple inches long. Now, I wore hats all the time, but, you know, I was always self-conscious about it and eventually shaved it. But the fact that, you know, a 12-year-old girl, I mean, I this conversation went on for a few minutes where I was like, it would look stupid. She's like, no, it wouldn't. Why would it look stupid? I'm like, because men with balding patterns are considered to be unattractive and it's not considered to be fashionable. And she kept insisting you would look fine, that you're not going to look stupid. And it just kind of made me question, you know, why am I making a decision about my personal grooming choices based on a society driven hardcore by vanity when the perspective of a 12-year-old girl was that of, no, you'll look fine. I mean, I'm still unsure about if I'm actually going to grow my hair out. I will say that I haven't buzzed or shaved or done anything with the hair on my head in a week, maybe a little longer. And I really did like the feeling of having hair, the wind in my hair, when I grew my hair out last winter. And the only reason that I actually shaved it was because we had a show for the school. There was a high wind advisory the day of the show. I knew I was going to be carrying equipment into the venue with both hands. And I was so terrified that the wind would pick up, lift my hat off my head, blow it away. And now the whole day I'm at the school self-conscious about what my hair looks like. So we'll see what happens, but I don't know, maybe I'll try growing it back out. Who knows how long that will last, but I'm actually someone who constantly changes up, like especially with my facial hair. My facial hairstyles are constantly being changed. I'm not one of those people. I mean, most men that I see, they rock the same facial hairstyle for years and years, if not their entire life. Like I remember my dad always had a mustache when I was growing up, and on the few occasions that he would shave that mustache off, and he only shaved it off for a short period of time and immediately grew it back in, but it looked weird and alien to see him without a mustache. But I would say that right now, I'm probably rocking maybe the fourth different facial hairstyle in maybe the last three months, so I pretty much change it up routinely. A lot of it's out of laziness, you know, like sometimes I'll just have a beard because I'm lazy. But also, the fact is, men's razors, they're expensive. Like, keeping yourself maintained from a shaving perspective, it is not cheap, especially when you're shaving both your face and your head. I did a little research, surprise, surprise, and most razor companies recommend that you replace the blade that you're using on average about every six shaves, but that is only for someone who's shaving their facial hair. I would imagine that the hair on my head is about two times the surface area of what I would shave on my face, so that would mean more like every two shaves I would need to replace my blade, and at that pace, even if I was only shaving my head and my face every other day, not even daily, that would mean I need a new four-pack of razors every single week. 
I went and looked at three of the leading brands of razor blades, and between those three brands for a four-pack replacement of cartridges, it was about an average price of $13. So that would be $676 a year just for blade cartridge replacements. Doesn't include things like shaving cream, aftershave, lotions, etc. Beyond the head and the face, you know, it's relatively unlikely that most men are doing any type of shaving or grooming from a hair perspective and if they are it's usually something you're doing with like an electronic device like a nose hair trimmer i actually use my clippers to buzz my eyebrows down pretty regularly and pretty short because i hate crazy long eyebrows or rather the just crazy wiry single eyebrow that just sticks out and it's like how do you not see that thing like an awning over your face everyone can see it it's right above your eye how do you not see that you have no peripheral vision. So in regards to women and shaving, they've got a lot more real estate to cover. I mean, legs, and I would say in most cases in this day and age, the pubic region, armpits. And unlike men, it is 100% societally unacceptable for a woman not to shave at least the legs and the armpits. If you see a woman walking around with hairy armpits or hairy legs, it's like, ugh, because we've been trained to think that. I will say that I have gotten in a habit of, I don't know, every few months, I'll use my clippers to just kind of shorten or not buzz, but just shorten my armpit hairs. But mainly just because I realize like, is my deodorant actually even getting to my skin because of my armpit hair? So I just feel like it makes my deodorant a little bit more effective. But maybe I'm wrong. I didn't research this, but from what I've seen in the stores, you know, the technology and the cost of razors for women, even though they have so much more real estate to cover on a regular basis, it's nothing compared to the men's market. I mean, how often do you see a woman's razor commercial on television versus all the different new brands that come out? Harry's, Dollar Shave Club, Gillette, the best a man can get. They literally reference men in their tagline. And they're probably one of the leading razor sales companies in at least the United States. But it just seems backwards that the women that have way more real estate and perhaps more delicate areas to shave aren't really being that heavily targeted from a razor perspective in regard to marketing. So while we're still on the subject of hair removal, let's talk about waxing. So waxing for men, I'm sure is a very small market compared to the women's demographic of those who are getting waxed either infrequently or routinely. I will tell you that I have undergone waxing. So a girl that I dated for a little over a year, a couple years ago, she was not a fan of the fact that, yes, I have body hair. I have hair on my back and a pretty significantly hairy chest and stomach. So she paid for me to go get waxed at the place that she would go get her waxing done, like as if to soften the blow of you're about to go get waxed that I'm going to pay for it in my very first session, I had my entire back and my entire chest and stomach waxed. I mean, yowza. That's a lot to undergo for your first time of getting waxed. And then, of course, you've got to go do it every single month. After that, it was like, I guess I gotta pay for it now. You only gifted me the first one. Now, I only did the chest that first time. After that, I was like, you know what? Screw that. I'm not doing this every month. I'll do the back for you, but I'm not doing the chest. And I will say that after, I don't know, maybe 11 months before we broke up and I'm like, fuck this. I'm not doing it anymore. 
But after that period of time of having my back waxed on a routine basis, it's actually had a more long-lasting effect. I mean, the amount of hair and the thickness of it on my back is so significantly reduced. But I also pretty much never take my shirt off in public. Like, never. So it doesn't really matter. But as uncomfortable and painful as that was, I dreaded it every month when I would have to go do that appointment. Hated it. But I definitely could not imagine having that done in a much more sensitive area, like the pubic region, or even the butthole. Hell no. Speaking of butthole waxing, so talking about women's waxing, I would assume that the majority of waxing that is done for women would have to do with eyebrows, pubes, buttholes. In fact, from what I could find online, the full Brazilian is the most commonly requested waxing procedure for women. And if you're not sure what a full Brazilian is per se, what I found as a quote from Women's Health Magazine online is that it includes everything in the front, including the bikini line and labia. If you're not sure what a labia is, that would be a pussy lip. All the way to the butt strip. The butt strip. What a weird phrase. The butt strip. And really, how common is it for unruly butt hair in women? I mean, I'm a pretty hairy man, and even I wouldn't consider myself to have unruly butt hair. Well, butt hole hair. I've been in many long-term relationships with women that never got waxed and never had any issue with them having unruly butt hole hair. And it's just such an odd procedure to get done. I mean, other than like porn stars or butt hole models if there is such a thing. Even if a woman did have unruly butthole hair, what are the circumstances where this routine waxing procedure would be necessary? Kind of seems like a little bit of a scam perpetrated by the waxing community to get women to go through excruciating pain on a regular basis and paying a lot of money, mind you, for something that no one is ever going to notice, let alone appreciate. Not even themselves. They're not seeing their own butthole. Speaking of paying a lot of money, the average full Brazilian costs $70 per session. But if you go to a high-end salon, those prices would no doubt increase. Well, first off, who's going to a low-end salon to have their labias and buttholes waxed? And from what I found online, the recommended frequency of getting this done would be every three to four weeks. So that's over $1,000 a year to go through this excruciating pain of having your poo nanny and your butthole waxed. For who? Who is seeing that? And how bad was it before? Also, I think it's kind of weird the fact that the people that are just routinely waxing buttholes and pussy lips, they're not exactly medical doctors. You don't really know what level of discretion there is there. So I looked it up to become a licensed esthetician. That would be somebody who does waxing. They Once licensed, you can do a lot more from a beauty perspective than just waxing, but that's one of the things. That whole process to get licensed costs around $8,500 with about 600 hours of coursework. So I compared that to a job that, I don't know, is a little less intrusive and personal, like just becoming a certified website designer. That costs about $1,000 less, $7,500 but needs 640 hours of coursework. So there's more coursework to become a web designer, certified web designer, than there is to get a license to wax people's pubes and buttholes. Seems a little imbalanced. And you know what? Someone always is going to be doing their first butthole or back or whatever job on someone. They don't, you know, bring in cadavers for them to practice on necessarily when they're getting licensed. They learn it in textbooks, but not necessarily every area of the body in 
practical application. Like I will tell you that first visit that I went to get my chest and my back done all in one session, the girl who did it, she admitted that she'd never done a back or a chest before. So of course I'm really nervous. I'm thinking about Steve Carell and the 40 year old version with the nipples. Oh God, what's next? No, you're doing the nipple. Oh, not the nipple. Come not on. The nipple. Not the That's nipple. Not please. the nipple. Please, Cal, hold my hand. Me, man? Oh my goddamn hand, man! And I will tell you, that was unpleasant when the nipples were done. But up until this point, she'd probably mainly done, like, women's areas or eyebrows. So, not only am I undergoing this insane amount of waxing, but it's with someone who's never done this type of waxing before. And just to speak to the level of insane jealousy that my ex-girlfriend had when I got back to her place after the waxing was done, she asked me to take my shirt off so she could make sure that they got every area and there was like a couple spots where there were a few hairs that had been missed kind of up near the top of my shoulders and she was livid so pissed off like she was gonna call and complain and demand a refund I'm like look it was her first time doing this she had a lot of area to cover I'll just get the razor and just shave that little bit off that's not a big deal she then started to accuse me of defending the esthetician like oh what did you like her well, you're taking her side. You're supposed to have my back. It's like, I just went and got, speaking of my back, my entire fucking back, chest, nipples, stomach, sides, all of that waxed for you because you clearly aren't happy with who I am as I am. And you're sitting here fucking accusing me? Oh, I'm just going to end that there. Good fucking riddance. Yay! And this blight of a human being on my past, she was someone who went and routinely got, you know, all the full waxing done. She had a lot of fakeness to her. I'm amazed I ever got with her in the first place. Much of her body was not, shall we say, natural. But near the end of our relationship, she actually got to the point where she started doing that thing called microblading, where she would have temporary eyebrows tattooed onto, you know, above her eyes. And it just seems so counterintuitive to go spend all this money when you're spending all this money to have hair removed. Why are you turning around and paying someone else even more money to have hair drawn on. Meanwhile, the hair that you're paying to have drawn on or tattooed on is on your face where everyone's going to see it. And the hair that you're having removed is hair that, well, unless you're a butthole model, no one's going to see. Not even you. So the last thing I'll discuss on this topic would be makeup. Again, this really goes back to the societal expectations for women to appear in a certain way, just like women have to shave their legs, their armpits, men, grow it out, what however you want. And really cosmetics have only become like mainstream and popular in about the last hundred years, which oddly enough was right about the time that, you know, with radios and almost the invention of TVs, that marketing became a thing. I did not research this, but I think it would be safe to say that in the history of time, there has never, ever been a major or significant marketing campaign targeting men to wear any kind of makeup or cosmetics. And most likely because these campaigns were all created and paid for by men who wanted their women to look a certain way and saw themselves as superior and didn't require any type of face paint or hairless legs. Honestly, I've always preferred a woman that needs as little makeup as possible. I like natural beauty, not a big fan of a whole lot of makeup. And let's be honest, fellas, nothing worse than seeing a woman for the first time with her makeup off and barely being able to even recognize her. Ah! 
but it really is just completely unnatural. I mean, there's nothing natural about bright red lips, dark borders around your eyelids, blue shadowing above your eye. I mean, why have we become so attracted to the ridiculously unnatural? If a woman went to the ER with no makeup on and had any of these qualities, bright red lips, black lines around her eyelids, it would be considered an unexplainable emergency. So historically, makeup started around 6,000 years ago in ancient Egypt because people wanted to paint their faces in a way to appease the gods. So there were like substances that they used in order to lighten their skin tone, and they would use like green eyeliners because green represented the colors of the gods. But for all of you religious hardcore, you know, people that believe in the Bible, there's a lot of biblical references that speak against makeup. So if you're big into biblical stuff and you wear makeup, well, kind of a blasphemer, a little bit of a hypocrite. But speaking of biblical references, the book of Jeremiah. This one argues against cosmetics and vanity, saying, Oh, desolate one, what do you mean that you dress in crimson? That you deck yourself with ornaments of gold? That you enlarge your eyes with paint? In vain you beautify yourself. Your lovers despise you. They seek your life. So, not exactly you know, warm welcome for fashion and cosmetics in the Bible. But, back to the whole marketing thing, it's not just about men wanting to dress women up the way they want them to look, kind of like a high heel no woman would ever invent the high heel it's completely unnatural men did that shit but the cosmetics industry no they kind of make a lot of money in 2020 specifically the cosmetics industry made 483 billion dollars with a b compared to other industries in 2020 let's look at electronics i mean we're talking phones tablets computers apple watches electronics in general Televisions, $359 billion in 2020 for electronics. So cosmetics surpassed electronics by over $100 billion. Let's look at, oh, the evil oil industry that is just making hand over fist and should just be so heavily taxed because God forbid anybody make that much money. Why don't you tell them what Exxon's profits were this year, this quarter? Exxon made more money than God this year. In 2020, the oil industry made around a hundred. $110 billion, less than one-fourth of what the cosmetics industry made. So if you don't think there's some element to the marketing for the sake of profits, you would be incorrect. So when it boils down to it, just be yourself. Quit worrying about what people think of you in regard to your appearance, political perspectives, societal perspectives, talking perspectives, not stances. No one needs to take a stance, take a perspective. But, you know, I'm not just preaching what I don't practice. I mean, look at this episode alone. I've talked about my baldness, my back hair. I've talked about the shame of undergoing waxing at the whim of an ex. And the stuff that I'm saying, it is out there for everyone in the world to access, including my mom, who will absolutely find it since she's a weekly listener. So again, you can't say that when I say be yourself, don't worry about what other people think. I absolutely am practicing what I preach. Amen. 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 Amen.
Jaggedy, amen. Yes! <laughs> I don't know what you come to do, but I come to praise name. <laughs> Lord, Lord. All right, that's all I have. I am going to go rest this weary voice. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of the Jeff Becomes Jeff podcast. Until next time, I'm Jeff. Oh, God. What's next? No, you're doing the nipple. No, not the nipple. Come not on. The nipple. Not the nipple. Not Please. the nipple. Please, Cal, hold my hand. You kidding me, man? Hold my goddamn hand, man. And I'm Jeff. Went to the devil and I prayed And I showed him the mess that I've made And I cried and I cried and I cried a million times over But the devil just laughed in my face I went to the God of fire And said can you turn the heat a little higher Cause I've been burned and I've been burned Time's over, but he just covered me with water. So I went to the Lord of the sea. Said, won't you come wash over me? Cause the roads and the ones have been winding a million times over. But she receded from
Hasta la vista, baby.